Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Instagram at the Corner Office Pod. Now enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office. Thank you guys so much for being here to listen to this one. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Alex Penders. And I'm Jack Byrne. And right now we've got a really big college basketball segment coming towards you. Um, we're going to introduce a new segment towards the end, and it's going to be overall a high-energy and exciting episode as we get down to the final part of March Madness. Exciting time of year, don't you think, Jack? Some might say that it's the best time of year. I th- I I'm think one it's of those. The best time of year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am. I am that. some. It's me. <laughs> okay. Starting with the jokes early. Um, look, we had a a really interesting slate of games coming up, um, or not even coming up. I think this may be the most interesting Final Four that we've had in the last ten to fifteen years, maybe even of all time. Well, and there's a lot of areas that you could highlight as to why it's so diverse is that the right word for it yeah Um, i guess and we're we're gonna get into that later and i mean our picks have been so bad nobody has a good bracket anymore dude might have been awful (laughs) might have been even worse (laughs) and it's just been so unpredictable but a little bit later in our new segment we're gonna get into some of the reasons why it has been so weird like that's just it's just in, the in only f- way to describe it. In our family pool, my grandmother, who doesn't watch any college basketball ever in her life, she's probably never watched a game of college basketball, she beat everyone in March Madness this year. She had Duke winning the championship. They were out in round two. Yeah, the That's I'm in like a 90-person pool, and my Uncle John, shout out Uncle John, is winning it. Shout out. And his winner was Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, Who went out in the first been, round? It's been crazy this year. I don't even know like how to break that type of stuff down. Um, yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. All right, so let's just start with the first game here, I think. San Diego State versus Creighton. And if I quote you correctly when we talked about this the first time, I said that this is going to be a great game as a Creighton truther. And you said, and I quote, don't care. That is correct. And okay. I, I don't care. You don't. No, I honestly, I only watched about eight minutes of the game, and it was the last eight minutes. And, like, a bunch of people were mad about the foul call. He he fouled the guy in the last three seconds of the game, and then the referee made the right decision, in my opinion, by making him go to the line and prove it, which he almost didn't do. He only split the free throws. I agree. Look, I think that Gene Sterator, the guy that they have um, like on site that does most of like the, the breakdowns for fouls and stuff, like summed it up pretty well, is that, I mean, you never want to leave it to the officials in that type of situation, but if it's such a blatant foul like that, you gotta call it. His hand was on his hip, it was definitely a foul, and me as a basketball player, I'm like, why are you even attempting to foul someone with that little time on the clock? The play broke down. They beat the play. They didn't allow the handoff in the first one. And the guy, a rope on San Diego State, almost traveled. And then they get the handoff off. They're shooting a desperation floater from outside the free throw line. I feel like, considering the way that San Diego State has shot all year, that shot's not going in, regardless of if you touch him or not. And even if it does go in, then you still have eight seconds and a timeout to get the ball up the floor. It's not like you no, were in you desperation mode. They didn't no, have a timeout. 
I mean, they did, but it, the the shot went up with two seconds left. They still would have had. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, it was still that had short. Time. But they, they still could have advanced the ball and then set not, something up. Not a up. thing in college basketball. Oh well, that shows my ball knowledge. <laughs> Stay right, in, regardless, regardless, that. the point doesn't change. It's a he stupid didn't, foul. He didn't make the shot. Yep. That's not a high percentage look. Nope. Like, why are you fouling him in the first place? Just put your hands up, and then you can make contact, and it won't be a foul. But putting your hand on his hip like that, it was just stupid. I think a much bigger storyline from this game, aside from the foul, which, I mean, everyone's, you know, looking at and commenting on is the foul, is that Creighton was the ninth best team in the country when it comes to three-point percentage at 39%, and they shot two for 17 on threes. I think yeah, it was bad. I can't I can't tell if it's just because San Diego State's defense is so suffocating that they're just this good on defense and they just wear you down and if you can't score then they outscore you because they have let's let's be entirely clear. They cannot play offense. They're incapable of playing offense. But the way that they defend makes up for that so well, and I think that's the only reason that I see them in the Final Four right now is because they have completely neutralized teams' best offensive scoring threats. Well, and Nemhard did injure his hand in the second half. Yeah, he did. Which, and he like does kind of run the Creighton offense. Yeah, well, Creighton um, relies heavily on their and starters. Like that's not that's not the reason that they lost, yeah, but that I definitely didn't so help either. them down the stretch. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, but like most of the advanced stats, like they, they split rebounds. I mean, San Diego state uh, outboarded them on the offensive glass, but I mean, like as a team for Creighton with one of the most high value, uh, high volume offenses in the country, I mean, they were coming in in their last few games, they scored 86, 85 and 72 points to be held to 56 points in the elite eight is kind of ridiculous. So I think that the San Diego State team is pretty dangerous just because their defense is that good. But I still don't trust their offense at all. And I really don't like them right now because I was a really big fan of this Creighton team and I really wanted to see them go to the Final Four. All right, can we move on to FAU? Because I think that we both agree that the winner of this game is the loser of the national championship. So let's just move on with this preview and get (laughs) this half over with. Yeah, okay. So FAU versus K-State. Um, heartbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't even I really want to talk about say. it, to be honest. I know. Like, I just don't want to talk about it. Like Kansas state handed the game to FAU on a silver platter. Like their offense got so stagnant towards the end of the game. Like th- throughout this whole tournament, their bread and butter has been setting roll. ball screens for, um, Noel, Marquise Noel. Noel. And letting him just, like, get into the two-man offense and then do whatever he has to do in order to get points, which is the way that they score. And towards the end of that game, they just got so stagnant, and it was four guys standing around and watching Marquise Noel try and, I don't know, like, come up with some magic towards the end of that game like he did against Michigan State. And that's just not something that you can rely on if you're a team that wants to go the distance. As I thought they were, and... They showed it at times against Michigan State, but at like when push came to shove, they pulled it together and figured their offense out, and they just were incapable of doing that against FAU. 
But yes, FAU they, also hit some big shots. Like I, they did. I'm not going to discredit them. They played up to the challenge that Kansas State was and deservedly won that game. It doesn't. It doesn't take away from the fact that they're the least likable team in America right now. No, they're so hateable. I hate them. I hate them. But I their celly the was their get, celly was pretty cold afterwards. But I, I hate the fact that we don't get to to, to hear any more lowdown before games because I think that's going to be dead now. Which is too I'm going to miss it. I am too. I am too. I don't understand as a team how you lose to an FAU team who has 22 turnovers to start for K State. Um, when a team has 22 turnovers, the opposing team should probably win that. That being said, FAU smashed K State on the glass. They destroyed them 30, 14 to 5 on the offensive rebounding. And do you remember how many free throw rebounds they got at the end of the game? I think it was like two. I mean, they got one. They got one with like 51 seconds left that basically iced the game because they were up three and they got an offensive rebound after missing a free throw and it just totally sealed the game and and kansas straight was in foul trouble all game like both their big men were on four fouls towards the end of the game so they i mean i guess they couldn't play as aggressive as they wanted to but that's again kind of a bad excuse when you're in the elite eight and you have to be willing to take that risk and play as aggressive as you can if you want to advance to the final four. And they just weren't willing to do that, which is really disappointing. Yeah. With that being I mean, said, can... I still really like Jerome Tang, and I think that he is like a mastermind of the transfer portal and we'll see him again very soon in this yeah. tournament. This team had no returning players on it coming back. Right, and from, I think that they'll have a lot of returning guys season. this year. I, I agree 100%, and I think that the turnaround that they've had is amazing. They were predicted to be last in the Big 12, and they ended up in, what, third, I think? So, I mean, tip your hat to Jerome Tang. Tip your hat to the Kansas State team. No one's taking any hate away from them um, or and, and anything away from them. Um, it is. It, we do need to mention the fact that Keontae Johnson did foul out of that game. With like, with like I think it was, seven minutes left. Yeah, it was a lot was of a time, lot time left on the clock. Um, and that's your second leading scorer. That's a guy that you heavily rely on on the offensive end. And to see him not play in that type of game when it comes down to it, a three-point game, you know, to have your secondary scorer on the bench. I mean, I think that that also contributed to the fact that their offense was just too limited when it got down to crunch time against this FAU team, who is very good. Like, let's be very clear. They are a very good team. They're just not likable so let's move to the other side of the bracket now and i'm not one to throw shade at the two teams um from the i'm gonna call it the left half because that's what it is on everyone's bracket um but i really don't care about that game because in my eyes the winner of this game is going to be the winner of the national championship you mean on the right side yeah the right the right side is what we're about to talk about Okay. Yeah. I don't no, care no, I about San Diego State versus FAU. Um, let's talk about UConn versus Gonzaga and the biggest point margin victory in the Elite Eight since 1992. Give me your thoughts on that game. Oh, I was so disappointed by it. I won't even lie to you. I'll be straight up. I was really excited about this game, and I think that I picked Gonzaga in my initial pick because I thought that. This team was really experienced, and they had a lot of guys that I personally wanted to see make another run at a national championship. Look, 
for all you for all you basketball college basketball fans out there who probably don't like Drew Timmy, I'm a Drew Timmy stan. I'm a big fan of him. I think that everything that he's done don't for the past four years. Just call yourself a fan. I'm a fan. Say that you like you like Drew Timmy. I like Drew Timmy. You shouldn't Timmy. be ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed by our viewers that you like Timmy time. No, Everybody right. likes a little bit of Timmy time. Yeah, no, I, but that's not true. A lot of people don't like him because he's been so good for so long. Um, no, okay, I used to be a Drew Timmy hater. I know, and I changed you. But that was just because I hated Chet Holmgren, and the year before that, I hated Jalen Suggs. So, I've never been a Timmy hater. I was just suppressing my feelings for Timmy time. And when there was nobody else to hate on the team, I had no option but to admit that I liked him. So, everybody deep down actually likes Drew Timmy. It's just whether or not you're um, willing to admit that. Yeah, I mean, he's only been in college for four years, and most people think that he's, like, ancient, which is kind of crazy to think about, too. Um, but I'm just really upset that his career is over, and it was over in such a demoralizing fashion. But, like, look, I think that we got to talk about this UConn team as the overwhelming favorite to win the entire thing. They're the only team left right now that in the preseason poll for, like, in the in the, in the the preseason statistics for... um. Like most of the most of the March Madness, like you know how like everyone everyone all has their March Madness tips and stuff like that about like Ken Palm and like the the top forty defense, yeah, yeah, top forty offense. Yeah, yeah. They're the only team left within that like type of um, caliber. The other three teams left, none of them qualify for any of those, um, you know, like advanced statistics that that people haven't won the tournament without since like two thousand two. Right, so I think that they're the overwhelming favorite because of that, like superstitious side, and also because they haven't won a. G- they also they, just won by thirty. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't won a game by less than twenty five points. I think. I, I mean, it's hard to look at any other team and be like, okay, they're gonna lose. But to be fair, I've said that and been wrong literally like fifteen times, maybe sixty, sixty times yeah, now. Is that how many been... other teams are in the tournament? <laughs> it's been like. Bad. I've just been so wrong repeatedly over and over again about this tournament that my opinion really means nothing anymore and because let's make it my clear. confidence level is so low making this take that I think that UConn is the favorite to win that I, I literally have like no confidence that it's actually going to happen. So if you're a, like a betting person, uh, pick Miami this weekend because we're saying that UConn's going to win and we have been religiously wrong throughout this tournament. Yeah, so with that let's... being said, I do think that UConn is going to roll. Okay, well, we haven't even talked about the other game yet, but let, let's make this clear. Jack and I watch a lot of college basketball. Like, we're not just two people who come on here and look at a couple of stats and just make our picks. Like, we care about this. You know what I mean? Like, and it, that that's why March is so interesting for me, right, as a college basketball fan, because I always watch it and I'm like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? It's amazing how teams who should be the overwhelming favorite to win in a seven-game series, as if they were to do it like the NBA, come in and get bounced by a team like an FDU, like a Princeton, right? We see teams like that go two rounds, go three rounds, FAU to the Final Four. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, to compare it to, to, to compare it to the NBA, the seeding of these teams that are in the Final Four right now are comparatively like if the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers were in the Eastern Conference semifinals and the Oklahoma City Thunder were playing I don't know who's the worst team in the West the Rockets or the Rockets are playing the Spurs 
in the Western Conference Finals. Like these are the like the, the I don't know 12, if I'd go that far, but twelfth, yeah. fifteen, sixteen, like twentieth best teams in the country. Like they're not number one, number two. Like we've never seen these numbers before. Yeah, it's absolutely this is this ridiculous. is the first Final Four since nineteen seventy nine that doesn't have a a um, McDonald's All American playing in it. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's that's like a that's a pretty wild statistic. Um, this is like the first Final Four that doesn't in I think the history of college basketball that doesn't have a one, a two, or a three seed in it. Um, and like all of that stuff is just just crazy to think about. Just crazy to think about. Moving on now to the second game uh, in the in the right side of the bracket here, we had can uh, we had Texas versus Miami. Do you did you watch this game? I watched the whole thing. It yeah. was a great game. It was. But I mean, same case as the Kansas State game. This was Texas's game to lose, and they did. Agreed. They handed it away. Agreed. They were up thirteen at one point, um, with I think. I think it was 12 minutes left in the second half. They were up 13, and they let Miami back in. And, like, let's be very clear. This Miami team has some deadly guard play. Their guard play is insane. Phenomenal. Jordan Miller put up 27 points. He shot a perfect 7 of 7 from the field and 13 for 13 from the free throw line. Yeah, 13 free throws. He had a perfect game, right? Now, the fact that he went to the line that much, maybe you're scratching your head a little bit about that, but... At the same time, like, props to him for just getting the job done. You know what I mean? Like, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, and you know what? what? What it comes down to for me with this is I don't think Texas was supposed to be here in the first place. I think that they were a very good team, you know, and coming in to the, to the, to the Big 12 tournament and winning the Big 12 tournament, like, obviously they, like, should have, you know, obviously they, they were built to be in this position. But I think that as a Texas fan, you take away a lot more positives than negatives from this season because you have a coach that's coming in, Rodney Terry, who you just hired full-time, which is the correct decision, by Even the way. just that hiring makes this entire season a W. 100%. 100%. And you get your program's name away from a scummy character and Chris Beard, which is also, you know, a big deal. And, like, a losing reputation in the tournament from uh, Rick Barnes. Yes, Yes, so I, I see this as a complete success if I'm a Longhorns fan, even though you guys didn't get it done against Miami, which is unfortunate. Um, and as a Miami fan, no, I'm, I'm not one, but like if, if I'm a Miami fan, you're going, thank God for Coach Laranaga. Well, let's make it clear. We're both ACC guys, and yep. we that by default makes us both pulling for Miami just a little bit in this tournament. Yep. But I think that – I think that – the common like bracket filler outer i guess like the common i don't know citizen would look at that miami team and their matchups and be like oh yeah there's no way this team actually goes far but people forget that they made a very deep tournament run last year and brought back basically all of the same guys right so i had them i had them beating houston in my bracket and i just like i'm not surprised that they're here because this is their potential their ceiling has always been all year long, top of the ACC. They were first in the ACC, regular and season ACC, right? They, they're they're correct. Um, they're so we all knew that the... their ceiling was being here. Yep. And this is just the potential that they're living up to. And personally, I'm very excited to see it because we haven't really seen it all year long. 
but I just don't think that people should be surprised that they're here. I mean, their guard play, as you mentioned, is up there with the best in the country. With um, Nigel Pack, Isaiah Jor- Wong. Yep, Nigel Jordan Pack, Miller. Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller. Like, that's that's a crazy big three that people have been sleeping on all year. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I absolutely love this Miami team. I won't even lie to you a little bit. I love Coach Laranega. I love the the way that he's completely changed the culture over his years there. And it's funny is that when I was making my bracket, I had Miami losing in the first round to Drake, which was kind of a hot take at the time. And I still think it's kind of a horrible. Take. Now it's a horrible take, right? But, but. I knew that if they beat Drake, they were going to get on a run. And when they did, I was really concerned. Um, let me read our let me read our Instagram DMs um, to everyone real quick. You sent me an edit of Miami cutting down the nets. And yeah. You said, forever rooting for this team right here. And then I said, <laughs> I love Laranega. I can't even lie. He looks like a great grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick by that too. He looks like he looks like he would be really good at teaching you how to ride a bike. Agreed. Agreed. And he would catch and you if you fell off. Look, I love the fact that listening to this Miami team and all their players, right? Um, when they talk about like getting back to the Elite Eight, all that they were saying was we can't go home. Because they had been there last year and they lost in the Elite Eight before they got that taste of the final four. And now they're like, We can't go home again. So I'm super proud that they got over the hump. Let's be clear. Let's not celebrate too much. They still have a game to play against UConn, and I'm not sure that they remember that, um, which is why I think that I'm probably going to take UConn to roll in this next game. Um, but, you know, can't take anything away from Miami and a fantastic season that they've had. I also want to mention the fact that if Texas has Dylan DeSue playing, I think it's a completely different game. I I don't have any say on that. I'm just going to give you my preview for this game and i think that um i i think that miami as you said have started to celebrate like they've won the tournament already yeah and you just can't do that going against a guy like dan hurley yeah i agree the hurley name is synonymous with competition and he's a guy who after their elite eight win was just like yeah we took care of business that's what we do and, like, they are absolutely prepared for this game. And Miami just has to have the same attitude that they've had in all the upset wins so far, where they're like, we're going to play our game and we're going to play, like, try and set the tempo the way that we want and score the way that we want if they're going to have a chance against this UConn team. Because if they come out flat, Dan Hurley is going to put his foot on their throats and beat them by 30 like we saw with Gonzaga. Agreed. So what do you, what's your pick here? I'm going to go UConn winning, but I'm probably going to root for Miami. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the exact same thing. I think I'm going to do the exact same thing. All right, let's go to the left side of the bracket or the one that you don't really care about. And just give me just give me one. Just pick a hat, team out of a hat, and, and who do you want for that? Okay, um, let's go with one San Diego State, two FAU. Hey, Siri, pick a number between okay. one and two. Okay, one. San Diego State. Sure, let's go. Let's go Aztecs. Aztec Nation. Great. Great. Kawhi Leonard. I'm rooting for FAU. I bet against them for too long. Give me the Owls. 
in this game to make the to make the the final. So that's our that's our final four preview and our elite eight breakdown. I hope that that helps you, uh, guys at home. I will say this and give you a warning: please don't take any of these picks to heart. We've tried to say that you should listen to our picks in the past, and we have been historically wrong. So if you're betting any money, please save it. Please make your own decisions and don't listen to us right now. Or flip a coin. That's a great. That's or probably a, a better chance. Yeah, than flip what a coin. No, do. actually, fate fate is good. Fate is good. All right, and we are back with a new segment. We're going to call this one Microscope. And basically, it's just like something that's been going on during the week that's kind of fallen off of everybody's radar screen. Like kind of gotten, I don't know, pushed under the bed for lack of better reference. So my Microscope this week, and I don't know how many soccer listeners we have out there, but... We are both huge soccer fans, and I have really not enjoyed international break. And for those of you who don't know what that is, every couple of months, um, like the leagues take a break so that all the players can go play for their countries. And right now, I think that they're doing Euro qualifiers, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, they are. Euro qualifiers and, and Conca- probably... Um... Konosev? What is this, the yeah, whatever, however you pronounce that. But, like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the qualifiers. Like, nobody cares if Estonia makes it into the first round of the Euro tournament. I just want to watch Champions yeah, League mean... seven nights of the week. Like, I just... It's been <laughs> too long without turning on the TV on the weekend and having Premier League games to watch. And, frankly, I'm sick of it. And so, basically, no, basically soccer, please come back. I hate international break. I don't even really like watching international soccer all that much, to be honest with you. Okay. okay. Aside from okay, no, no, no. Aside far. from like the big tournaments, World Cup. like World Cup and Euro. World Cup is. I don't really enjoy say, watching yeah. it all that much. Um, yeah. So please come back. I'm very excited for these Champions League matches and how the Premier League's going to end. And I'm excited to watch United in the Europa League and the FA Cup semifinal. So. I mean, the sooner I can do yep. that, the better. And it cannot come soon enough. So that's my microscope for the week. How about that Antonio Conte firing for Tottenham, Well, too? and Thomas Tuchel got hired at Bayern. Yeah, so Bayern's going to be playing Man City, right? That's a, that's the, that's the Correct. UCL. Uh, and that's right? a very difficult first that's... matchup for Tuchel. Or the quarters, yeah. The I, quarters, don't know yeah. Who, but, I don't know who yeah, on Bayern is going to be able to stop Erling Holland. Yeah, I mean, Delight's a very good but defender, he's not, but he's I not guess we'll fast have to wait enough. and see. He doesn't have enough pace. No, I agree. I agree. I I can't I can't disagree with you more about the um about the international break when it comes to like the qualifiers because I don't really I don't really care that much about the qualifiers. But international tournaments are always fun, which is why I feel like it is a necessary evil kind of you know because you got to qualify in order to play, but. I really do wish that we could just finish out this Premier League season right now. Because, but, like, I mean, why can't they just do it during the week and have the players go for, like, yeah. two days and then play again on the weekend? I mean, that's not really fair. No, to players not at, at all. Time, no, it's but... not. But their job is to play the game for us, and I would enjoy it if they did that again. Or I'll watch the yeah, international no, games if they're, like, easily available. But it's so hard to find them. 
Like, I can't stream them anywhere. Yeah. So, that's yep. a pain. I agree. Yeah, so uh, I think that's a good that's a good microscope. I also have one if if you're willing to move on from yeah, from let's do it. Okay, my microscope is a little Woj bomb that we got about an hour ago here, um, which states that Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pal Gasol, Tony Parker, Becky Hammond, and Greg Popovich are among the finalists who've been elected to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2023. So congratulations to all the players that we just mentioned. Um, look, I think that Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, especially Becky Hammond and Greg Popovich are all first ballot Hall of Famers, and I, I, I'm, I'm really appreciative to the fact that all those people got there. The only one that kind of has me scratching my head a little bit is Tony Parker. Um, I wanted to know what your take was on that. Well, people forget that Tony Parker has won a lot of NBA championships. He's been yeah, a part is. of two different Spurs dynasties, and I think they've won four rings. And I think it's fitting that Tony Parker. Yeah, I think it's fitting that him and Popovich go in in the same class. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he deserved to make it. He averaged fifteen and a half points, almost three rebounds, and five and a half assists. Which I mean, those aren't Hall of Fame numbers, but. He was one of the big three for that Spurs team, and if you're gonna elect yeah, Manu and Tim Duncan, you have to elect Tony Parker too, because he was just such a crucial part of that. I team. agree. I agree. I also think that you need to um, keep in mind that, you know, the the oh and Becky Hammond. The, it's not by the, the way, and Becky Hammond was an assistant coach for that Spurs team for a long time. Right. Um, I think you got to keep in mind that it's not. Um, the National Basketball Association Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame, right? When you think about a guy like Tony Parker, because he has a ton of international awards also that go towards the fact that he probably should be an NBA Hall of Famer. I just think that, you know, when you look at a bunch of these other guys, especially with like guys like Dirk and Dwayne Wade, who are arguably top 25 players of all time, you know, you, you may look at it and be like, oh, Tony Parker, like he's fine, but... Um, I think that all the points that you make about his greatness are, are can't be overstated enough. Is there a college basketball Hall of Fame? Yeah, there is. Is that different than the basketball Hall of Fame? It is different. Okay. But is I there mean, like a, those accolades can like carry Is there like over, an unsung like NBA tournament heroes Hall of Fame like that we could elect Carson Edwards into or like Adam Morrison? I don't think so. I think Adam Morrison's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. I though. think that we should start that. A Hall of Fame consisting like a, of like a tournament, tournament Hall of Fame, goat Hall of Fame status players. Well, Adam Morrison wasn't great in the tournament, though, right? No, but like when people think of Adam Morrison, they think of him in the tournament, playing for Gonzaga. Yeah, I guess that's and like fair. Gus yeah, Edwards. So. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's a good point. Uh, there is a college basketball Hall of Fame, though. Like, Christian Leitner's in there. He's not in the NBA Hall of Fame, right? Like, there are a bunch of guys in there that aren't NBA Hall of Famers, but... All right. It's well, they stole our idea. We had it first. Yeah, we did. We did. All right, well, with that being said, that's our microscope of the week. We will be back after the final four games to break that down and give you a national championship preview. But until then, thank you for listening. I'm Jack Byrne. 
and peace out. And I'm Alex Penders. And Corner Corner three. three.